0: muscles and myths related to muscles. And these aren't just female myths. They aren't just things that women think and are wrong about, but things that men also think. And I've been hearing a lot lately, getting emails or comments on social media with people who are saying a couple of different things that are similar, like, I don't really want to lose any weight, I just want to tone up. Or, I need to lose some weight, but I really want to get toned, tone my muscles. And I want to talk about that phrase, muscle toning. Makes me cringe a little bit. I want to talk about what it means and what it doesn't mean, if it's a myth, if it's a fact, what you are really after when you say that, and how you can get it. Because here's the problem. The phrase muscle toning doesn't mean anything, it's not real, okay? And... Most people go about it the very wrong way because they think that you can tone your muscles and you can't. That doesn't exist. I get what you're after, right? When people say they want to tone up or tone their muscles or get tone, they mean they want that lean, fit look, not a bodybuilder look, but not flabby, right? You want to look good naked. So here's the deal. It's not that people, when you say you want to get toned, what they're saying is, I don't want big muscles, but I want a little bit of definition. For your arms to look less flabby, see a little bit of muscle definition, less jiggle and wiggle, more firmness without bulk, okay? Here's the thing though, you don't tone your muscles. What To get that, the less jiggle, the less wiggle, less flabby, a little bit of definition, kind of that fit, healthy look, there's two ways you can go about it, and really the biggest way for most people is number one, and that is to reduce your body fat, lose fat, okay, lose fat, what is on top of the muscles you already have reducing their visibility, fat, When it comes to women, most of the time, they're talking about their arms and their legs. They want a little bit more definition. They want to look more toned in their arms and their legs. Well, the thing is, you probably have a good bit of muscle. The reason you can't see it, the reason you don't have that definition you're after is because of the body fat on top. And this is true for people, whether they have a higher body fat percentage or a lower body fat percentage. Generally speaking, it's not low enough, for that definition that you want. And I'm not talking a ripped, shredded look, although that would be required for that as well, reducing body fat to the point where you have more muscle visibility. The other thing is build muscle, right? You get more muscle mass, you see more muscle mass, so long as you're not putting on body fat at the same time you're building muscle, or so long as you aren't significantly overweight, because when you're significantly overweight, you can have a very strong frame underneath your body fat. You can carry a lot of muscle mass. This was certainly the case for me because I was always pretty athletic. I always had a lot of muscle mass. You just couldn't see it because, you know, there was a good, oh, 100 plus pounds of fat hanging out on top of my muscles, right? So if you are building muscle, if you have extra body fat, right, and excess of body fat, everybody has body fat, but if you just start building muscle, you're just going to look thicker, right? And I think that's what women especially are often afraid of when you start talking about weight training is, gosh, I don't want to look big or bulky or thick. Well, building muscle alone isn't what you need to do. You need to burn Body fat, and there is no such thing as toning muscle. There's not. It's one of those fitness myths. You can burn fat, you can build muscle, but toning muscle doesn't mean anything. Just like when I see magazine covers, this is like one of my pet peeves. When I see magazine covers that are like, get a flat stomach in six weeks. Your stomach is an internal organ. You don't get a flat stomach. That is just like, um, I understand what you're going after, but if it's going to be on a magazine cover, can we not refer to an internal organ and talk about flattening it out? Because that just drives me bananas. But anyway, muscle toning is a myth, and we're going to talk more about that. I know what you're after when you say that, and I want to help you get there because it's one thing to want it, but you really have to understand what you're after and the best way to get there because most people who say, I want to get toned, never get toned, primarily because they're going about it the wrong way and they don't even know what they are after. Now, I will say this, Obviously, nutrition is my wheelhouse. That is my area of expertise. That is my background in education as well as my professional background. And we are going to be talking more about muscle and body composition in this episode. But here's the thing. You're really after a lower body fat percentage. And what drives reductions in body fat percentage? Nutrition. Nutrition. All right. And this is one of the big problems. People who want to tone their muscles, get toned, look toned, whatever, they take this approach. Go to the gym, grab some light weights, and do lots of reps and lots of cardio. For the love of Mike, please stop. That will not get you why you want and that what you want. And that is why there are so many people at the gym who would tell you, I just want to tone up. And they're not getting there because they don't know what they really want and they're not doing it the right way. Lifting light weights for high reps and doing a lot of cardio is not going to get you there and that is not just my opinion. Not only am I going to explain it in this episode, but I'm going to link to previous episodes with other experts who validate this as well. Here's the kind of the crux of this. It's not that you have soft muscles and you need to go make them hard. Muscles get big or small, right? They do not get harder or softer. Body fat is wiggly and jiggly. Body fat is what is preventing you from muscle definition. Now, there could be the rare person out there that has a super, super low body fat percentage and they're a stick figure and they want to put on muscle to get more definition. That's totally cool, but that is not the boat that most of us find ourselves in, certainly at least not listening to the show. Now, most people, especially women, will stay away from lifting heavy weights for a few reasons, even though their goal is admittedly to get that toned look, which is really about fitness and muscle definition and a lower body fat percentage, but they fear that lifting heavy weight builds muscle, right, and they don't want to put on weight, and they think that lifting lightweight tones your muscles. So there's a general misconception, and I do believe that this is primarily coming from women, that lifting heavy weight puts on weight and lifting lightweight makes you toned. That's not true. And I think that a lot of people, both men and women, are kind of afraid to lift heavy weights. And we're going to talk about that in a second and kind of reduce the fear barrier there. But first, let's talk about the first one, okay? I don't care. If you lift 10,000 pounds or 10 pounds, neither of those will build muscle. Exercise does not build muscle. One more time. Exercise does not build muscle. Food builds muscle. The only way that you can put on muscle mass is food. Lifting weights actually breaks down your muscles. How do muscles get bigger? Seriously, how do muscles get bigger? How does stressing your muscles, causing damage, when you lift heavy weights, right, you actually damage the muscle tissue. It starts to break down because you've put it under a heavy load. How does stressing your muscles make them bigger? It doesn't. The only possible way you can build muscle is to feed the muscle. Building muscle is weight gain. It is an anabolic state, right? The only way to gain weight is with food. Exercise does not cause weight gain. Exercise can cause weight loss because it increases your total energy expenditure, right? The amount of fuel that your body is using. The only way to gain weight is food, okay? Give your body more fuel via food than it needs for operations and you will put on weight. Whether it is muscle mass or fat mass, weight gain does not come from exercise. Weight gain does not come from lifting weights. Your muscles do not get bigger because you lift heavy things. Your muscles will only get bigger if you lift heavy things or stress your muscles and you over fuel yourself, okay? That is just... The reality, gaining weight, muscle or fat, comes from overfeeding your body, giving yourself more fuel than what your body needs for operations. If you are overfueling or overfeeding yourself when your muscle when your muscle tissue is in need of repair, right, then the muscles are going to get the fuel first and they're going to take what they need and they'll grow. If your muscles aren't being taxed or used or they aren't in need of repair or extra energy, then, when you overfuel or overfeed yourself, that will be stored as body fat. And this is such an important point, guys. I want to say this again. The only way that you put on weight, muscle, Or fat is when you overfeed yourself, when you consume more energy than what your body needs for operations. When you are working out a lot and your muscles are taxed and you're depleting the nutrient stores in your muscle tissue and you're causing micro tears in that muscle fiber, then your muscles are going to take up that excess fuel first for repair and that's when you will see an increase in muscle mass. That is when you will see weight gain. That is when you will see uh, muscle growth period. Now, if you are not taxing your body in that way, then the extra is going to be stored as body fat because your muscles already have what they need, okay? That is foundational to all of this. Here's another thing to keep in mind. If you're just starting to work out, working out in and of itself in any kind increases your body's energy needs. So to overfuel, you would have to eat more because the act of working out, lifting weights or doing anything like that, increases your body's totally total energy needs, so to get to a point of excess requires eating more. A lot of people fall into this trap easily, though, right? They start working out, and then they feel like they've earned an extra serving, or they've earned an extra meal, or they've earned that midnight snack because, oh, well, I worked out today, and so it's they very easily slip into this mode of overfueling and overfeeding because... They're justifying their workout. They're sort of balancing it out like, oh, I worked out hard. I should eat a little bit more. And we tend to overestimate our body's fuel needs, okay? Bottom line, if you are not overfeeding your body, you will not put on muscle mass. I don't care if you are lifting two-pound dumbbells or you're doing 200-pound deadlifts. It doesn't matter. Muscle growth is a form of weight gain, which comes from overfeeding. Now, while we're on this kind of topic today of myths, let's talk about another thing that's total BS lengthening your muscles. If I see another infomercial or stupid Facebook post about lengthening your muscles and getting long, lean muscles, I mean, it's bananas. It's not true. Let's think about this as I like to do from sort of the common sense perspective. And let's think about if we're on like the magic school bus inside the body, taking a look inside our muscles. Let's think about what they are. Muscles are fixed. They are a fixed length because the starting point of a muscle and the ending point of a muscle are attached to bones. So unless somebody is like putting some type of extender into your bone, your muscle can't get longer. (laughs) They're, They're fixed. Because your bones are fixed. Now, unless you're a child and you're growing, but the endpoints of your muscles are bones and your bones are fixed. They're not moving further apart. So you cannot make your muscles longer. They're not going to get longer. You're not going to get taller unless you're a 14-year-old listening to this episode. And I think I stopped growing when I was like 12. So hey, you know, but there's still hope. So are we on the same page about lengthening and toning? Those are just real misconceptions that I really wanted to take some time to clear up. Now, can you get leaner? Absolutely positively. Can you get more muscle definition? Absolutely positively by getting leaner, by reducing your body fat percentage And if you have an already very low body fat percentage, you can increase definition by putting on muscle mass. That doesn't mean putting on fat mass. It means building your muscles a little bit so that you can see them more if you already have a very low body fat percentage. The other majorly annoying myth is that, and I say it's annoying, not because it bothers me personally. I mean, I kind of shake my head, but to me it's annoying because so many people work so hard and have great intentions, but the wrong strategy. So they're putting in the effort, they're putting in the work, and they're taking the time and they aren't getting the results they want. And so oftentimes they don't continue because they're like... There's something wrong with me. It's not working. And so, when I say that they're annoying, I mean that because it's misinformation that takes advantage of well intentioned people who are doing the work. So, this other myth is that lifting heavy weight builds muscle and lifting light weight tones muscle. It is not true. Again, this goes back to the fact that it doesn't matter how light or heavy. The weight is you build muscle when you overfeed and you don't tone muscle. That that tone or definition or visibility comes from either putting on muscle mass or reducing body fat percentage, okay? And now I said that there's a, a couple of reasons people don't tend to lift heavy weights and one of the, one of them is fear. And I want to talk about that. It's a lot of confusion about what heavy means and that that confusion makes us timid or makes us resistant because, I mean, what is heavy and how heavy and can I do it? And I want to make a couple of points about that. Heavy is totally relative, okay? It's relative to the movement, right? Heavy for a squat is very, very different than heavy for, say, um, a bicep curl, right? Very, very, very different because your bicep is not as strong as the combination of your glutes and your quads and your hamstring and your core, right? So it's relative to the movement. It's also relative to you. What I think is heavy is, is a joke of a weight to my trainer, right? And what my trainer thinks is heavy, I couldn't pick up off the floor. And that's okay, neither of us are wrong. For me personally, for me Elizabeth, heavy depends on the movement And I find it heavy if it is a challenge to do five to eight reps, right? I really have to fight for those reps, but I don't have to fight so much that I sacrifice my form because form matters for the benefit of the movement, for your body's response to it, but also, and more importantly, for injury prevention. So heavy is totally relative to the movement, relative to your experience lifting, and you just kind of gauge it based on what is a challenge, keeping great form for, say, five to eight reps. You don't want to pick up a weight where you could easily crank out 20 and just feel like, whew, no problem. All right. I think a lot of people tend to also feel that heavy means a ton of equipment or a gym membership and barbells and those things either on their own or in combination are very intimidating. It can mean a lot of equipment and it can mean a gym membership and it can mean barbells, but it doesn't have to. One single kettlebell at home can make for a great challenging workout for a lot of people. It's relative to your strength, your starting point, and what you do with it, right? I mean, I have some kettlebells with me now that I can't do a Turkish getup with, but I could have a really, really great workout with, say, um, goblet squats, for example, so it's really relative. A kettlebell can be a great way to get in a relatively heavy, awesome, at-home workout. Also, you do not it doesn't have to mean barbells. A lot of people get intimidated by the big Olympic bar and putting plates on it and not knowing how much and not knowing how to pick it up and do you need somebody to spot you? And that can be very intimidating, and I get it. You can go heavy with dumbbells. For some people, that means a 20-pound dumbbell. For others, it might mean 30 or 40 or 50 That's okay. Nobody's wrong. It also depends on what you are doing with it. Again, certain muscle groups are going to be a lot stronger than other muscle groups. And then lastly, I want to really emphasize, and I've talked about this when I did the CrossFit and Weight Loss episode uh, with Nathan Kyle. And I talked about this when I talked with um, Allison Hagendorf a couple weeks ago, and I will link to those episodes in the show notes over at Primal Potential. There's a lot you can do for fat loss. Again, remembering that lowering your body fat percentage, losing fat, is a huge, huge factor when it comes to that toned look, that muscle definition look. And you can can do a lot of those things without any equipment, without lifting at all, okay? Sprinting is huge. And I know there are many people that think, I can't jog, never mind sprint. But realize that sprinting just means an all-out effort, max effort. It doesn't have to be a running sprint. It could be a biking sprint. It could be a sprint on the elliptical. It could be a sprint on stairs. It could be a sprint in the pool, You can sprint in, it can be a rowing sprint. That's something I love to do with the rowing machine. If you have a gym membership or if you have a rowing machine at home, you can get in sprints. The goal there, and this is fantastic for fat loss, is to do max effort, short intervals with short rests for recovery, and you really only have to do five to eight, and you can get in a fantastic workout. It doesn't have to be a running sprint. The other thing about sprinting, and I've said this before, is that sprinting is relative. Again, if my trainer and I were to sprint off the same line, guess what? He's going to go faster than me, and that's okay. Sprinting is relative to your body. There is no ideal speed for a sprint. It just means you're fastest, and it's fun to see that improve over time and see yourself get faster and faster. And then there's lots of body weight movements that can be wonderful for fat loss that you can do without equipment, right? You can do um, burpees, you can do squats, you can do push ups, you can do all sorts of things without any equipment at all. Another one that's super easy and you can do it on the road, you can do it at home, or you can do it at a gym is jump rope. You can do jump rope sprint intervals, right? Go as fast as you can for, say, 20 to 30 seconds, rest for 20 to 30 seconds, go again. And it's all about getting a max effort in there, and all of those things are going to help lower your body fat percentage so you get that fit, lean look that you are after. The bottom line is this. Looking fit and having muscle definition, not being flabby, is about one primary thing, having less body fat, period. And fat loss, so long as you aren't overfueling yourself, is about nutrition. There are some fundamental nutrition principles for fat loss, right? And then there are nuances. And the nuances are the little details that are different for all of us. Who can eat more carbs versus less less carbs? Who, Who can eat more calories versus fewer calories? Who is going to do best with intermittent fasting and who's going to do best with eating every couple of hours? And I talked about how to find your own personal answers to those nuances in Q&A 30, one of the previous episodes, I think the episode immediately before this one. I will link to that in the show notes. But let's talk about some of the pillars, the fundamental basic principles of nutrition for fat loss. Number one, eat whole foods. As much as you can, stay away from processed foods because your body is going to respond better to whole foods, and when you cut out those processed foods, you naturally tend to decrease the amount of food or fuel you are giving your body in total. Now the second thing is, when you switch to whole foods, don't overeat them. So many people run into this problem where they're like, gosh, I'm making so much better food choices, but I'm not seeing results. You can't just eat something in any quantity or portion because it is, quote unquote, a whole food, right? You still must be very mindful to not overfuel your body. Now, how do you know? Well, if you're maintaining your weight, chances are you're giving your body exactly as much fuel as it needs for operations. If you're putting on weight, you're giving your body an excess. And if you're losing weight, you're giving your body less fuel than it needs for operations. But really, You have to make this transition to more whole foods, but avoid overfeeding yourself in the process. Number three, follow the golden rules of carbs and fat loss, which I've talked a lot about on the podcast and on the blog, and I will link to a detailed post on the golden rules of carbs and fat loss over on primalpotential.com, and I also have a very, very, very detailed e-course about carb strategies for fat loss with recipes, details on fruit, wheat, gluten, beans, desserts, cravings, all that stuff uh, up on primalpotential.com so you can check that out as well. But you really want to follow these golden rules of carbs and fat loss. It's not that carbs are bad, but it is that they have a significant hormonal response and can impact fat loss. So you want to make sure you're eating the right carbs at the right time in the right quantities when fat loss is your goal. Number four is focus on fat, protein, and vegetables. Make sure that that is the bulk of your meal, that the bulk of your meal is not something like pasta or rice, but that that is an accessory. And the majority of your meal is coming from fats, proteins, and veggies. And I'm also going to link in the show notes to the fat loss food guide that goes through not only what are fats, protein, and veggies, how do those count, how do I know, but also it talks about overfeeding and how to make sure you're not overfeeding. And then this last one really should probably come first, and that is eat foods you love. Because we could all make a list of foods for fat loss and foods that aren't so friendly for fat loss, and the problem isn't that we don't know, but the problem is that we don't do it. And when we find ourselves eating things that won't help us reach our goals and then beating ourselves up for it later going, God, why did I do this when I want results so bad? Most of the time, overdoing it comes from over restriction, from feeling like you're missing out and then you get to a breaking point. And so it's so important that you eat foods you love, but foods that love you back, right? So I love ice cream, but ice cream doesn't love me back. So focus on foods that fit these criteria, whole foods primarily made up of fat, protein, and veggies that you really, really, really love and look forward to eating that don't make you feel deprived. If you are just sitting there white knuckling it through egg whites and chicken breast and broccoli, chances are you're not going to be able to sustain that for long and results come from consistency. So you have to eat foods you love. I am always posting on Instagram foods that I love eating that also help me reach my goals. The other day it was bacon-wrapped avocado, and then I made these amazing cheese puffs with egg whites and shredded cheddar cheese that I used to make deconstructed bison nachos with guacamole. Like, I'm not suffering. I don't feel deprived. I eat food I love, and that's what keeps me from overdoing it. Or a beautiful salmon filet or filet mignon. Stay away from cheap indulgences that aren't worth it. Really, really, really eat foods you love. Now, speaking of foods you love, let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. So if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you know I was very excitedly sharing this recipe for keto bread. When I say keto bread, uh, it's primarily fat and protein. Each slice has 13 grams of protein. 13 grams of fat and less than three grams of carbs, half of which are from fiber. So I took two slices of that keto bread and I made this ridiculously amazing egg sandwich with an egg and two slices of bacon. It was unreal. And then a little bit later in the day, I had some hormone-free Greek yogurt full fat with cacao powder and stevia. It was delicious and chocolatey and wonderful. And then later in the day, those cheese crisps that I was just talking about, I baked up The cheese crisps and I had them with ground bison and pico and guac and that was my football snack and I was a happy, happy camper because I love to eat foods I love and I love to do workouts that I love. If you hate lifting weights, don't freaking lift weights. If you hate jumping rope, Don't jump rope. If you hate broccoli, please stop eating broccoli, right? It comes from creating a lifestyle and not treating it like a diet. So be sure to head over to the show notes to check out those links that I was talking about over at primalpotential.com. If you have questions, if I can help you in any way, listen, I want you to reach your goals so freaking bad. You have no idea. Please, while you're looking at the show notes, while you're following these links, Go over and get on the VIP email list. You just put in your name and your email. That's all. And send me an email. It gives you direct access to my inbox. I respond to every email. Tell me what your questions are. Tell me what you're struggling with. Tell me how I can help. I want to help you reach your goals. So I'll be back in a couple of days with another episode. And I hope that in the meantime, you will shoot me an email. Talk to you soon.